everyone. Welcome back to State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. I'm Benjamin Klon, and also joining us by Zoom conference is Matthias Brimmer. Hello. Ricky Reynolds. Hi. Ross Fisher. Hey. And joining all the way from Columbus, Ohio, is our uh, friend, friend. Uh, well, actually, a longtime friend of the pod now, uh, Addison Hutchison. <laughs> Hello again, everyone. You might remember Addison was actually on the show. I think, I think it was ten episodes ago when we were when we were in Des Moines. We uh, ran into Addison. A hopeful time. A hope. Yes, I was actually. Uh, I was listening to like uh, the the beginning of that episode like earlier today because I wanted to remember what your last name was. Um, <laughs> um, and I I listened to the first few minutes. I'm like, damn, we were uh, we were feeling real good. We were feeling really good at that, at that point. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I, I don't. I don't know if you guys. Oh, sorry. I don't know if you guys know the cold takes exposed Twitter feed where they just like tweet things that people were really convinced they were right about and are incredibly wrong. Um, you unfortunately could put some of our takes on that feed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Although we were we were largely talking about that election specifically, um, the Iowa caucuses, but which he won. <laughs> he did win. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't give much thought to the title of our of our uh, podcast uh, very often, uh, but I will say that the state of the state of the Bernie Sanders revolution is not good. It's very, very not good. It's very bad. Uh, as I'm sure everyone everyone knows at this point, uh, Sanders, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders, yesterday decided to suspend his campaign, uh, making Joe Biden the the likely Democratic nominee, which is just fucking phenomenal uh yeah pending joe biden surviving surviving <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah. a that's a serious pending I'm, that's not a joking yeah if any of you all um I, I dabble in gambling from time to time and it's a tough time for gambling americans there's not a lot to gamble on at the moment so i'm very curious what the odds are that joe uh makes it to the election right now uh I may actually be looking at some sports books right now to see if we're, if we're laying off. I was gonna say, is anyone checking so. predict it? <laughs> oh my god! Fuck! I could have made so much goddamn money. God damn it! <laughs> oh. oh well, I wasn't blackpilled until Super Tuesday, so <laughs> I, I probably would not have made shit. Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm feeling like generally like fine because. I mean, it was kind of, it was solidified in my, in my head that this was over by March 10th, the night that Bernie lost Michigan. And like the moment they called it for Joe Biden, which was like not even an hour after the polls had closed or like maybe just like just about an hour after the polls closed. I was like, yep, that's it. It's, it's, uh, it's over. There were other paths at that point, though, right? There were other paths. Um, we, you know, we thought we were going to make it to Milwaukee and then make a different strategy. Um, the moment for me was when he was like, "Stop campaigning, everyone!" And I was like, "Cool, that's the only thing you have." <laughs> like yeah. that was that. Um, but you know, let's just remember. Well, we can talk about this, but uh, he probably saved a lot of lives. <laughs> Uh, I would like yeah. to talk about the lives that are not being saved at some point here. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I think the moment it ended for me was similarly when the Democrats pulled out a darker Pokemon Go to the polls and sent people to their death um, <laughs> in, in, yeah. many, um, in many states. Fortunately, not my own state of Ohio. Um, our, yeah, our controversially. Again, um, <laughs> but stepping up here, uh, postponed the election uh, through using it, it's incredibly cotton. Basically the, they tried to not let him and he got his, uh, director of health to declare a public health emergency, closing the poll locations, which forced them to allow him to cancel it. Um, but literally saved lives. Like you were saying by doing that. And that was pretty early on in this whole thing. I'm pretty sure when that happened, we didn't, we didn't have our shelter in place or anything in Michigan yet at that point. I don't remember anything yeah, over the last Ohio, month, so I, think, I could be Ohio wrong. Ohio was ahead of us, and and that, yeah. yeah, and it's 
it's kind of a quirky reason why uh, we ended up being ahead of everyone. So in Columbus, uh, every year is the Arnold Sports Convention. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that. It's a weightlifting competition. I only know about it because I live here. Yeah. Yeah. As you guys can see, I got a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of arm muscle here. So I spent a lot of time. No. Um, it's, it's a huge weightlifting convention that Arnold Schwarzenegger has, uh, in Columbus every year. And like, Tens of thousands of people come from all over the world. And that was the weekend before our election. And so the governor stepped up and like made them cancel that because if not, we probably would have had a New Orleans situation where everyone came into town for Mardi Gras and infected the entire city um, with people coming from out of town. So we kind of got lucky that there was a major event that forced our hand uh, a little earlier than some of the other states. Wow. Uh, weightlifting. I, uh, I just want to be clear. Like what happened was let's, let's just go over what happened with the DNC here. The DNC fought every state, which I think is just one state that tried to ask people not to go out during the worst pandemic, potentially in world history at some point. Right. Uh, and the DNC, DNC said, no, you have to ask people to choose between not dying and exercising democracy. That is what the DNC did. And specifically what they said is if Bernie Sanders voters want to exercise their democracy, they have to die. And then what they did was say that is Bernie Sanders fault for not dropping out of this campaign. And I want to say in the meantime, wasn't it the DNC and all their surrogates who were like, what about the down ballots just a couple months ago? So now what we're going to see is they're going to still hold these fucking elections, but nobody's going to show up because why? Right. And then all these library millages in America aren't going to get voted on and all the libraries are going to close. Thanks to the DNC. That's what's going to happen, right? Every local campaign. I mean, the DNC is going to let them do whatever they want now, though. Let's be real. Like, the DNC is going to say, now, if you want to shut down your, you know, your polls. The Democratic Party doesn't give a shit if literally every uh, library and fire department and, uh, you know, you name it. If it closes, they don't give a shit as long as Bernie Sanders is not the nominee. It's almost like the Democratic Party is a party of dismantling public services in the welfare. Yeah. State. Absolutely. That seems like an opportunity for privatization to me mm-hmm. as a, a spokesperson for the DNC. <laughs> well, that'll be good for the economy. I mean, we, I mean, <laughs> we need to hurry up and pick a nominee. I mean, we have to. Uh, if it, I'd rather have everyone die in the country than Donald Trump win re-election, you know. Yeah, I think it's a fair. Donald it's a fair Trump trade. himself is not at all vulnerable to dying from this, like very soon, right? He's certainly going to be the one who lives to see next he will, year. He will, like he should get it and die, but he won't. Like he will one hundred percent. He'll live forever. He's going to be a four-term president. Um, I heard that Boris Johnson is on the mend. Is that real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all I didn't. I didn't buy. I didn't buy jelly and ice cream supplies. I wasn't prepared, and now he's going to survive. So well, excited. it's because of his his personal strength and will. <laughs> that's that's, should, if that's the, how If this is a it. video, a photo of him. <laughs> yeah, his will to survive. All the people who are dying from it are just weak. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's actually like the opinion of the British media uh, right now. R.I.P. to them, but I'm different. <laughs> he even went on like a talk show and said, you know, there's a there's this idea going around that maybe uh, people should just take it on the chin. Just uh, just let it just let the virus move through the population. Yes, that, that I, you know, I don't know how much time you want to spend on UK politics, but that was literally the stated position of the government for two weeks was to basically just let the population develop herd immunity, which also just completely misunderstands the concept of what herd immunity is. But ignoring that, their plan was to develop herd immunity by, and then two weeks later, they said that the science changed. (laughs) And so they changed their plan. The herd immunity thing is such a fucking idiotic. I, I mean, I, I, like to to think that that is how you're going to solve the problem by just like allowing it to ravage the population <laughs> is first of all psycho but second of all there is no indication that you actually can't get it twice 
So right. it wouldn't yes. even fucking work necessarily. Exactly. Right, yeah. In fact, there's the opposite. There's some science that you can get it multiple times. Yeah. It literally won't work. Yes. Well, keep, that was the science. Keep passing it, it around. That was the science that changed. <laughs> yeah. We, can, we can't talk about the UK because the literal single thing I know about the the whole of the Commonwealth is the phrase chili and ice cream. That's it. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's a, it's a, uh, okay, so it's a, it's a thing. I don't know who started it. It's a leftist thing starting in the Thatcher era where people would say jelly and ice cream when Thatcher dies. And Mm. it mainly stayed, it stayed alive after the Thatcher era through football. And it was a thing that the lefty, it is still a thing, even though she's dead, that lefty uh, football clubs would like shout and like have signs. If my husband comes up here, I'll have him explain it to me a little bit better. But I'm familiar with jelly and ice cream just because I like, a couple of leftist soccer teams um and i did in fact eat jelly and ice cream when thatcher died okay that makes okay that's that makes more sense I, I mean now i understand what you meant by uh mm-hmm. you not buying jelly and ice cream uh allowed right, right. boris johnson to yeah, live i think like punk punks also say this but it's mostly so- soccer fans it's the most popular dessert at nando's Yes, that's that's an amazing thing. Oh, my husband's here to explain jelly and ice cream. Where'd it come from? I'm not exactly sure. He doesn't know. What's the teams? What's the soccer teams? But it would be uh, the Jungle Boys. What the fuck is the... He says the Jungle Boys. (laughs) Which is... um, (laughs) Hooligan. Hooligan. I used that word. I was right. Um, Oh, yeah. Slash uh, ultras. Ultras. Oh, they're ultras. Okay. Belfast based. Belfast based. <laughs> Supporter club of Celtic FC. Celtic FC. That's his team. That's why I know oh, about Celtic. it in Scotland. Okay. Yeah, Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. They're Catholic radicals. Catholic radicals. Yeah. The yeah. one exception I make. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That, Happy Easter. That, that reminds me of my like favorite, probably favorite yeah. quote ever about when the IRA tried to kill Margaret Thatcher and. One of the, and it didn't succeed, and they released a statement that said, uh, "Miss Thatcher, uh, we were unlucky today, but you have to be unlucky. You have to be lucky for the rest of time. We only have to get lucky one time." <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of a conversation I sort of had this week that you might be able to sh- have some insight on. I was actually on an international tenants activist call with people from. It was very humbling. I want to talk about this. Uh, to talk to people really involved in the tenant struggle and labor struggle internationally, as we're supposed to do as leftists. Uh, and there was, I was talking about how the U.S. struggle looks dumber because we have so little here compared to what they have in like Italy, right? Where they're fighting, they're fighting corruption in rent control essentially in Europe, right? And we're like literally not allowed to have rent control in most states. And I was explaining that, and I described it as Reagan era, which is what it is. And then someone from the UK was like, you know, in you guys have Reagan. But we also had Thatcher, right? And so, like, fair, right? Um, and I was thinking, you know what? Like, I think that Margaret Thatcher was for sure worse than Ronald Reagan. Does anybody agree or disagree with that statement? Uh, yeah. I don't know a whole bunch about I don't she, have enough she, information to. She make single-handedly a... destroyed unions in the United Kingdom. So, yeah, I, I would say Reagan yes. Reagan did pretty bad, but not he didn't destroy yeah, them, right? He, yeah. Like, Reagan is evil in every way possible, but just single-handedly taking down unions is a big I, I think Reagan was more, more gradual than we want to admit, too, right? Well, like, there were a lot of bad U.S. politicians, and then Margaret Thatcher, I feel like, came in and just was like, uh, <laughs> like out of uh, nowhere. Here, here's a fun, uh, yeah. Here's a fun fact wrong, but... uh, for y'all. Um, so my, my parents were uh, conservative, and um, if I was going to be, if I was born a girl, I would have been named Margaret. After Ooh. you know who. It, who who's Ross? Ross, per, Ross Perot. Who are you named after? Ross Perot. Yeah. I, I'm not joking. Shut joking. up. That's oh, cool. I'm not joking. I'm not even, Hell yeah. Ross, Hell yeah. Yes. Ross, I'm not mad oh, about mean, that. That's yeah, that's, that's marginally cool. Like, cool. Like, that is pretty. Cool. That is pretty cool. Horrible would it be to be named after Margaret Thatcher? Like that would be like. literally you're named after the guy who almost broke the two-party system yeah yeah you're named after the guy who who gave bernie arguably cool you get you're named after the guy who gave bernie sanders an actual like like a sword Uh, 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 that he has like hung up in his house this is your 
birthright. It's like your destiny. That's He's so fucking also, cool, Ross. I believe. Uh, what else did Ross Perot do? <laughs> oh, he he did he, he did pretty well in Genesee County, Michigan, in the election. He got nineteen well. percent of the vote in ninety two. Okay, that's impressive. That's that's uh, that's. We should all really be thinking a little bit harder about how we could be like him right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was polling above both uh, Bush and Clinton at a certain point. Um, and then he started talking about race and his feeling about gays. And, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sorry, that'll yeah. do it. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, that that yeah. election's really interesting. Yeah. Sorry, I'll, I'll let you continue. But you should read about it because, like, that was another thing where, like, they had no idea who was going to be running until, like, very late. Mm hmm. To, who is going to be maybe you know, the nom. pivot the conversation <laughs> back to where Ben wants it to go? Conversation <laughs> so far, uh, something it's that not... maybe they should have done to help him not talk about those things is practice the Biden strategy, which is just don't let him be in public at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you don't put him near anything that can speak, and spent six weeks developing an in-home studio to do Skype things, even though <laughs> I managed to do this with Ben and he called me fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> Um, yeah, Ross Perot had a pretty sick studio setup. <laughs> Just put that man in front of a whiteboard and you're good to go, baby. <laughs> if Joe Biden had a tenth of the Ross Perot energy, he'd be, he'd be all right. Yeah. Different, different yeah. landscape. We've we've had this charisma debate before. We agreed on an earlier pod that Joe Biden has some charisma. He used to. It's like hard to understand, but he, he yeah. not right now, correct? I think but it's he, waning, there's something there. waning quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It feels like he is not like I understand the appeal of twenty sixteen and prior Joe Biden. Like the mm -hmm. sort of warm, aw shucksy guy who I like if you loved President Obama, like he was, he is like a yeah. very aggressive physical politician in his language and how he talks about like, like, mm -hmm. you know, I get why people love that. He's like, yeah, I want to punch Trump in the face. Like for sure. Yeah. There, I, would be, I would be lying if I said I wasn't that. into that. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a good thing. So I, I, that, that part of Joe Biden, I get, but I've, I, me and my friends, I refer to him as like a great mascot. Like, I don't want him making any decisions, but I'm perfectly fine with him just, like, being the head cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fine. I, I, I would make the prediction that Joe Biden and Donald Trump get into, a, like, an actual physical fight at one at the debates. Fuck, that would be so I, I cool. I think it, the, so at one point cool. it'll escalate to, like, either... Yeah, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to... They're going to start They're gonna start threatening <laughs> each other in the middle of the debate, and then it will actually turn, like, physical, I think. And I think Biden would... Biden will make the first move. All of us who mm -hmm. are like, oh, when they debate, it's going to be so pathetic. He's going to get his ass kicked. We were wrong. That is one thing we were wrong about because Biden is going to escalate. Uh, yeah. If, if I mean, it'll be super entertaining. It's it's probably. Sorry. Sorry. It's 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 uh, it's definitely going to be really entertaining. I mean, I'm not counting on Biden like being coherent uh, by any means, but it will be a lot of fun to watch. Yes. Uh, I, I would like to read uh, one of my favorite Donald Trump tweets of all time. Um, this is from March. This is uh, from March 22nd of 2018. Crazy Joe Biden is trying to act like a tough guy. Actually, he is weak, both mentally and physically, and yet he threatens me for the second time with physical assault. He doesn't know me, but he would go down fast and hard, crying all the way. Don't threaten people, Joe. Uh, God, I can't wait. Look, Classic. that's amazing. Um, Classic. I, lo I love it. I do genuinely love to see that. Um, but I, I do have to say Joe Biden would kick Donald Trump's ass. I don't For think Donald sure. Trump has oh, ever yeah. fought anyone no, in his entire privilege. And the, the, the best thing about this is they are both going to have the coronavirus when it happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they will both be vomiting yeah. and shitting on stage. <laughs> I uh, can I I cannot let this moment pass without just the ob <laughs> making the obvious joke just joke here, which is that the debates will be hosted by Linda and Vincent McMahon. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, uh, that's good. Oh, that would be great. What if they What if they got Joe Rogan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll just be an episode of a Joe Rogan uh, experience. Yes. 
will be the third to me. <laughs> yeah. Have oh. you guys tried DMT? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to smoke DMT with Donald Trump yeah. and Joe Biden on tonight's episode. Sounds like all y'all watch some Joe Rogan. Is that true? You sound pretty familiar with Joe Rogan. We're familiar with the memes. Caricature. Yeah, the meme. Joe Rogan, like, it, you know, the, the meme about um, the one, I forget the one comedian who has, like, the famous interview podcast, but he's always like, who are your guys? Um, that, this is his question. Like, he always talks to everybody about, like, have you tried DMT? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, allegedly. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen, like, two episodes of his show uh, one was the one with Bernie Sanders, and the other was the one with Cornell West. Um, mm-hmm. and I liked the Cornell West. The one. Cornell West one Is was great. Is that when he talks about Pete Buttigieg? Uh, I don't no. think. I don't think they talk much about Buttigieg. Is that they actually, something else? They actually okay. talked a fair amount about uh, about music, which I thought was really cool. Hmm. Um, uh, what Cor- is Joe Rogan into? Well, no, Cornell West is mostly just talking about like a lot of like uh, artists that he likes, especially jazz artists. He's really into jazz. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, trying to get back to where we were. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I have to say that I felt that uh, Cornell West, who I love, had an extremely lukewarm take on uh, music not having soul anymore, which hmm. is a very very tired that's uh, a boomer ass take yeah i i expect more of the greatest mind of american philosophy yeah come on brother cornell west that is not (laughs) acceptable i i already know uh i already know ricky's answer to this question uh but i i'm curious if you guys are willing to say right now whether or not you're you're gonna you're planning on voting for joe joe biden in the november election assuming we have one no i no i won't answer no i'm kidding no i won't vote for him um no comment no no i uh (laughs) that's my official stance um is just like i don't want i I don't want to discuss my votes my votes private are you gonna write in no comment uh no no i mean uh uh, i'll tell you where i'm at now is uh no i'm not i'm not i'll just be uh leaving it blank i am in the uh um i'm currently in what i like to call the elizabeth warren state which is where i need (laughs) i need time to uh collect myself and think process things after the events of yesterday so you know I don't owe anyone anything, and I think I should have my time to think about this before I respond. And I also would like to be quartered by Biden supporters for the next seven months, so get at it. Yeah. I would love to be showered in gifts. Yeah, come knock on my doors. I, I at this point in time, like, I, I mean, I can imagine a future in which I uh, would vote for Joe Biden, uh, but if the election were held today, I absolutely would not. Um Ricky, you plan on you plan on voting for Joe. Uh, you uh, you wanna you wanna explain to us uh, your rationale behind that? Yes, I feel like uh, we've had some of these conversations on the pod before, uh, explaining that you know some of us are really motivated by being right. And I think it's our duty some as of us, yeah. Bernie Bros. <laughs> some of us, well, Matthias is also motivated by saying, I told you so. Some of us, you know, Bernie bros, I think it's our obligation to vote for Joe Biden because we have to show to them that even with every fucking Bernard bro vote in this country, he will not win. See, and I am so looking forward to being right. I think that he could win because there is literally no telling what the fuck is going to happen. And mm-hmm. all all bets are off, man. I mean, people straight up do not care about anything except for Donald Trump. They either love him no. or they hate him. And about- that's what this election is going to be about. It's going to be a purely yeah. aesthetic election. And Joe Biden could win all- from that. Everyone They've- except about 35% of the Democratic Party, apparently. Yes. That's liter- sure. They're literally the only people. And it's all going to come down to what percentage of them doesn't care. And And you're right. Like... We, uh, we can, no one can fucking predict what's going to happen. The world is changing at a pace unprecedented, like unheard of right. in generations. And so 
I mean, if Donald Trump's $1,200 check doesn't get to anyone for six more weeks and like the country is collapsing, that doesn't look good for him. Like that at some point, even like economic things do have impacts on people. Obama probably doesn't win in 2008 if the economy doesn't crash. So like in July and August. So who, who the fuck knows? But I'm definitely not like going to sit here today and be like, you know, all in for Joe three zero three three zero. Like fuck that. Well, yeah, and like my position, like the reason I've said no comment is like at least my my initial thoughts are that I do not want to get sucked into endless arguments with no mm-hmm. matter who people about mm-hmm. the presidential election and who I'm voting for and just yeah yeah okay well <laughs> I do so that's fine. Ross, are you saying that the 1,000th time a centrist tells you, well, I guess you just don't care about the Supreme Court? Yeah, Is it going to yeah, be the one that gets you yeah, over that's, the top? That's, that's right. <laughs> oh, you know, it's like, my favorite. I'm just, yeah, I just don't think it's like productive for the left to be like using our energy at this point to like, to, yeah, fo- focus on presidential politics anymore. I think we should literally, like, no, I'm serious. Like, it's, <laughs> I'm sorry, Ross. No, I agree, but like you know, everyone, everyone on the left was telling us that three months ago. They were like, "Oh yeah, Bernie, oh, yeah, presidential I know. Like, politics." Now, like, like if Bernie was like going to win, yes, but like, like for, for for the rest of this election cycle, <laughs> I just don't like. I just think like if the, mm-hmm. if Joe Biden supporters like really want him to be president, they can do the work to to do it. I'm not going to engage with them. I'm not going to tell anybody to vote for Joe Biden. I'm not going to. Uh, yell at anybody for you know not voting for joe biden or anything like that or i'm not going to tell anybody for to vote for donald trump obviously um but yeah i just ross are you gonna go to iowa to knock on doors of, for joe yeah, biden of course of course i am uh but yeah i, I mean and so like that's that's where i'm why why if you're if you're gonna knock on doors for joe biden in the general election I why just, would you go uh, to iowa <laughs> You gotta, yeah, you gotta yeah, get that uh, Joe Mentum going. Yeah, look, look, Jack. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go to Iowa and knock at every door and and prefer, and call everyone Jack. Yeah, yeah our, listen yeah, here, fat method of challenge. Jack? Yeah, if they start disagreeing with yeah. you, challenge them to listen, a fight. Listen, fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be really, really, yeah, look, look really fat. fun canvassing. Let's okay. compare hey, IQ hey, scores. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Hey, Ross, yeah. I, I have a two-part question for you. The first part is, um, what do you think we should be focusing our attention on other than presidential politics right now? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, there's <laughs> a ton of things happening that you can get involved with at the local level. For instance, in Lansing, Michigan, we just started a tenants union to build solidarity with tenants uh, to fight back against uh, landlords during this COVID crisis and after the COVID crisis. So um, that's an example. Uh, we should all be joining unions. All kinds can. of unions. Be, this is your fucking. This is your last warning, people. You're done with that Bernie shit. You're not doing anything. Join a goddamn union. Right. Yeah. And, and this is. I'm. I'm saying this as someone who's literally spent his entire like life doing political campaigns, and I'm telling you. <laughs> Don't be involved in political campaigns for uh, for the remainder of this year. I mean, okay, not not take that back partially. If there's like a progressive, you know, state or local candidate, please, you know, support them and, and campaign for them. But do not spend a single ounce of energy on the presidential election if you're if you're a leftist. Just let, yeah, that's this. This this is a this is a conversation that I want us to have, but uh, but mm-hmm. I want us to circle back to it uh, in a little bit. Uh, first, I I want to I want to get your guys's takes on what I mean. What what happened? Like, why did we what lose? What happened, Hillary Clinton? Shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> why did uh, why did not why did we lose? <laughs> you lost control. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why? No, why no, did? Why did we lose this election? What? What can we learn uh, going forward uh, with what happened with the Bernie Sanders campaign? Mm, capital. Um, I guess not. Yeah. Not to like dove tell into the other argument. I guess that the I and we'll save this, but I think the key argument is like I I agree with you all. Like I think the lesson is that presidential politics is not where we can rest our hopes. Like I think, I think the standard for, I think to run the kind of campaign that leftists want 
Bernie got the ceiling. I like I don't think he left votes on the table while running a campaign of any sort of like ethical standard. I just don't see what else he could have done. Um, I, you know, but that's obviously not like I'm not an expert, so who knows? But I, I just think if the Democrats are going to do what they did this year to stop someone like Bernie Sanders from getting the nomination, I don't foresee a future candidate that with unless the demographics change like people have been saying they're going to for 60 years so i have extreme skepticism over the demographics as destiny theory but i i i don't see what else he could have done to stop this if they can just get everyone to drop out of the race after losing two elections i think i think yeah. uh, one of the one of the, the biggest obstacles to this campaign was the mass media apparatus um and just yes. how unbelievably fucking powerful it was it was so powerful that no matter how well we ran our how well the sanders campaign uh ran its comms and its messaging how well it ran it, its field operations it was it was frankly impossible for us to overcome the power that the media was wielding over just the general public, you know, because part of the, part of the reason why, um, why the, the big consolidation that happened after South Carolina, part of the reason why that was so successful is because the media had been pounding it into everyone's fucking brains for the last year is that Bernie can't win. Bernie can't win. Bernie can't win. He's unelectable. Joe Biden is the only elect is, is, is electable. Bernie can't. So obviously everyone who had had that drilled into their minds for the last year naturally went to Joe. Like it was for a lot of people just wasn't even a question. So I yeah, guess one of the questions Joe Biden spent. Good. Well, one of one of the questions that I'm can, I'm I'm trying to think of is like, I mean, that was obviously a huge obstacle for us in this presidential campaign. And what what kind of obstacle is it going to be for us in the future with other types of organizing? I think we have fewer obstacles on the table than we did before. That sounds insane, but. Um, Every single time I'm on here, I say the same thing. If we lose this moment, it's our fault. We failed, right? I've never seen people so willing. I've never seen like a, this combination of people so willing and ready and a structure that already exists, right? Uh, to do something else that is not just knock doors for Bernie Sanders or whatever. Um, I feel pretty optimistic. And there are other times in my life where I felt optimistic about movement work, Um Around, around the wars in the Middle East in the early 2000s would be another example where we failed. Um, but I think this is it, right? And the worse it gets, the better it is for us. I hate to be that person, but it is true. Uh, I, I, I am that... Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. I mean, the, the, literally, I'm always this way, but whatever you want, all you need to do is bring people into it, right? We could take whatever we want at this point, um, other than like living in surviving. Uh, that's the one thing that I can't control. But um, everything is on the table to be destroyed at this point. And I personally am looking forward to it, including presidents. Yeah. The the coronavirus COVID-19 thing, I think, is a game changer nationally. Like, it is... Now, before we have this conversation, Correct. it does not mean that this is a positive that there is a pandemic. I do not want it given a binary choice between pandemic and no pandemic. I choose no pandemic. But it, I think you're absolutely right that we have an opportunity to look outside of electoral politics to build a mass movement and things like it is not out of the question that we have a national rent strike on May 1st. It's, it's not out of the question. Like, it, I, maybe it's not May 1st, maybe it's June 1st if this is going on. Like, if people don't have money, we currently already have 18 million people registered as unemployed. So that's like the statistical unemployed people, whereas we had a couple hundred thousand just four or five weeks ago. Like, that is unprecedented in this era. And people aren't, the government is not doing anything about it. They're literally not working right now. So if I think you're absolutely right, like these are conditions where if we don't take advantage of them, mm -hmm. like that's on us. I mean, I think that things need to get much worse. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, probably. Like, things, you're right. Things are fucking bad and people 
you know, I mean, coronavirus came and people did not rally around Bernie Sanders. People did not realize that they need, um, you know, universal health care as body bags are, you know, uh, packed into U-Hauls. As uh, as New York, as New York inmates are literally digging mass graves. In parks, yes. for yeah. themselves, mm-hmm. mass graves in public parks for themselves because they're all going to get it. Yeah, yeah. They, oh my god. Yeah, they might. Ugh. They might as well be the fucking, uh, you know, uh, slobs who were made to dig their own, uh, you know, a trench and then mowed down by machine guns by the Nazis. This is what is happening, and it's not enough. It's not fucking enough, and that's just the truth of it. Is that you know this sucks, but we have to. We have to find a better way to get to people because what we did didn't work. And I actually, while I do... It did not work. Well, I mean... What? 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 Sorry. It gave us something, right? We've built something that we can take advantage of now, right? Well, it depends on what happens from here. Um, If if nothing happens from here, then it didn't work. If this, uh, you know, momentum in air quotes, uh, you know, like it, if this energy can be mobilized in some way, then I think, you know, maybe it, it maybe it has left uh, like, a, you know, a residual impact. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not trying to be like super depressing here, but I, I think that it, it really, like you said, Ricky, it is, it's capital. Uh, we tried to take on the most powerful force in the fucking world. Of course it didn't work. Yeah, there's only one thing that can take on capital and that is a work, you know, a a unified working class. That's it. That's all we can do. And, and we've built some structure for that. The worse people are, the better are off, right? The better we have a chance at building some sort of meaningful working class movement. I'm not, you know, this is also a stereotypical, but right, like what was standing between us and that was people's comfort, <laughs> uh, was people having enough to survive. Nobody has enough to survive, right? So all we can do is become i don't know a mass movement of some kind ricky i now i'm losing I'd it like, I, i'm curious it, you see, I seem like you have like a lot of a labor background what are your thoughts about mm-hmm. the increased labor action we've seen from the amazon employees to the gm employees mm. um it seems like there's been some exciting sort of movement on that front at least from a Non, like I'm not a labor expert. Uh, this is just. It seems like there's been some exciting stuff happening. What are you? What are your thoughts? So there, there has been exciting stuff and really interesting stuff. Some of that is is so when it comes to stuff like Instacart or whatever, that's what we had wanted to happen for a while. That's like a segment of the economy that we wanted to see do that with the GE stuff with the demanding to do um to make the ventilators. That was fascinating and really interesting. Like a real liberal labor tradition there that that came out of. That wasn't a radical action, right? That w- that comes out of like 19. 19- 40s United States. Um, but I would say that we have been seeing this really interesting heightened action for a while, for a couple of years now, and it's been increasing, but I'm not I'm not seeing as much as I would like to see right now. And I'm not I'm seeing the same consistent failures on the national level of our major unions. Um, what we need to see is a lot of rank and file rebellion. We need to see a lot of wildcat strikes and we need to see a a mass, mass unemployment labor movement. And that's happened historically here and elsewhere. We need to see a labor, you know, a labor union for the unemployed, um, because that's about to be our largest labor sector. Right. Um, but then, uh, and I still, you know, if you're watching what's going on with nurses, especially in New York, um, Mm -hmm. that's. You know, I don't. I feel really cl- connected to that. I have friends who are. I have a friend who is DSA, and she's a nurses union on, on in those hospitals right now. And she she just actually there was um, a Democracy Now video about um, the the one of the demonstrations they did that my friend who's an MSU alum and DSA labor she spoke in that. Um, and I'm very very moved by what's going on with the nurses. But the trouble is that um, I don't think that can sustain itself into a radical movement for a couple of reasons. The first reason is that they're not going to stop working. They're necessary. Uh, The second reason, and they won't, right? They're nurses. Um, The second reason is that a lot of them, unfortunately, are going to die. Uh, We can no longer uh, be led by nurses, which we have been for decades, right? Nurses are the greatest part of our labor movement, and a lot of them are about to die. Uh, Not to 
you know, that is just Facts. the fucking fact of it. Um, and they, you know, the work that they're doing is incredible, but it is still relying on the same kind of um, ne- language of negotiation, which is that, um, you know, you know that. Ha- it, how do I explain this? Like ha- care workers, when they go on strike, they appeal really strongly to the needs of the community, to, to family values language, to all this other stuff that is ultimately like a negotiation with power. Um, and it's important. Obviously, we need teachers and nurses to like be caring for, for other members of society, but we can't have a revolution based on nurses saying like, pay us more because we're taking care of you, right? There needs to be something else. And I think industry and infrastructure and logistics is the only place we can really see that. And the unemployed and tenants. I, yeah, I, 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 does that answer your question? I mean, that a lot of cool stuff to hear in there. I think you touched on like the, one of the ongoing leftist issues that we've just never resolved. And I promise I'm not a tanky. So, uh, so I'm a tanky. Don't, 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 (laughs) don't just hear me out. But like our opponents are willing to let people die for, them to get what they want as both the DNC and the Republican party and the Supreme court of the United States have shown over the last month, like they will let people die to let executives keep on making uh standard, like their standard deduction the way they want mm-hmm. to, like they will let us die for that. And you know, that's uh, like you said, we're, we're not willing to like, leftists wouldn't push for the nurses to just don't all oh, don't work at the hospital mm-hmm. during the pandemic because we mm-hmm. understand that there is like a cost to that that we're not willing to accept and you know it doesn't mean i don't think we should change our beliefs in that but it is just like another thing that we have to overcome the cool and horrible thing right. about this is we don't have to make a decision because people are going to die anyway so we have to make a really strategic decision about what we're doing knowing that people are dying anyway and there's nothing we can really fucking do about that so one of the things that i'm curious about is like so ricky you talk about uh you know the nurses people who are uh the millions of people who have just become unemployed mm-hmm. um uh you know the the labor struggles that are happening with um you know, Amazon and Instacart, uh, tenants, people who aren't able to afford rent. Uh, I mean, the, the promise, the promise of the Bernie Sanders campaign and the eventual presidency that is now not coming to fruition. The promise of that was a, was a coalescing of all these struggles, uh, together into Mm -hmm. one unified movement. So how do we do that now that the, that the campaign is dead? Uh, this is the general strike question, isn't it? I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Oh, yeah, I guess, I guess when I, when you asked I that question, was that really the goal? Was that his goal? And was it ever like really seriously attempted by the campaign? Like, I, I think the campaign was mostly focused on winning an election and, and not as and I think it, they showed solidarity with labor movements and things mm-hmm. like that. But I, I wouldn't say that they ever really tried to like in, integrate. Uh, well, I, 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 I perceived I perceived that to be like the. The, I perceive that to be kind of like the plan once he got into office was to try mm, okay. and That's stitch the all these things point. together. I don't know if that was a plan. That was the talking point. But sure. Maybe whatever. I misunderstood your question, but I, I think I, just to maybe push back on that a little bit, I think a lot like, and maybe it's just because I've never seen a campaign do this, but they took a lot of unprecedented like labor positive action during the campaign mm-hmm. in terms of like using mm-hmm. their listservs to reach out and make sure people aren't crossing picket lines and supporting active unions, uh, the work that they've done with the coronavirus in the last month to basically stop accepting donations in the middle of a presidential campaign and direct all that money to essential charities. Um, like just, it, it feels like maybe there's a, it's not necessarily a disagreement, but just like they did do some sort of unprecedented things to, reach in that direction from a presidential campaign standpoint, it feels like. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I would agree with that. And I think, yeah, I would say I I give the campaign credit for that. I think, um, it's, it's hard to do. I I think what you're saying is that it hasn't really been done much in the past. Like his campaign has taken some positive steps in that direction, but you know, historic, like historically the democratic party doesn't, you know, doesn't make any effort to really do that. They're just focused on winning an election and, and the most of the candidates that they've, they've pushed, you know, that's, that's what their campaigns are about. So yeah, I think Bernie took some steps in, in the right direction. Um, was it enough? I, I, yeah, I don't know, but, um, 
yeah, there there are there were some really unprecedented things that that campaign did that that are that give me some hope. Also, shout out to them maintaining all their employees' healthcare until November. That was pretty cool. That's that was great. After I uh, one. No, I know. I was just uh, juxtaposed that with fucking Bloomberg. <laughs> oh my god! Everyone that he told would have a job until the election, no matter what. <laughs> a lesson there. I what I used to say before I canvassed. Now listen, I changed my mind because canvassing is fun and cool. I want everybody uh, yes. to remember that canvassing is fun and cool, and I miss it. However, I used to think about you know. And I, I would watch all these people be like, uh, why aren't you phone banking for some dumbass Democrat candidate, whatever. And I just would think like how much of our capacity is just being wasted by like this phone <laughs> banking shit, by, by working on campaigns. I was like, we could be doing so much if these assholes weren't working for, I, I don't know, like, you know, whatever. Ross, give me an example. Um, but <laughs> And now I'm. Ross I, I feel the same way, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was listen. That was a yeah. movement. Yeah. I feel the same way, Grassroots. but I also think that this particular campaign built something that we can steal, right? A, a whole yes. infrastructure yes. Mm-hmm. of people that we need to immediately steal and put them to work doing something else. And that's a leadership question. We need to make sure every sad Bernie person is like doing a union job right now. Yeah. Bernie needs to be like, go do tenant unions right now. That is your assignment. Bernie yeah. himself needs to call yeah, everyone. I think, well, yeah. I think sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think that like, <laughs> yeah, all of the campaign obviously was unsuccessful both times in terms of, you know, the elections. Uh, yeah. I think the biggest, one of the biggest things that, that they accomplished were, was radicalizing millions of people across the country, particularly younger people. Organ- organizing them into something. I don't know about radicalizing. Yeah, true. But... Sure. I think, I, I mean, I think like for me personally, I mean, that, that was like, you know, something that I think, you know, through, through the campaign, it wasn't like hit the campaign directly doing it, but like it opened my eyes to things and then that, you know, that and other forms of organizing and things like that, that I, that I hadn't, that I probably would not have investigated or, you know, looked into had I not, you know, participated in the campaign. So I think, yeah. I, and I, so I think, yeah, you've, you change people's, you know, perceptions of things and what they believe is possible, but then you obviously, yeah, the organizing is the hard work of actually, um, you know, channeling, um, those people and, and making it happen. Yeah. And maintaining that sense of possibility. Now we have to make sure people still think something is possible. Yeah. I, I mean, I was radicalized in 2016, not necessarily by the Bernie campaign, but by its uh, ultimate failure nice. uh, to win the Democratic nomination. Um, so uh, it was like um, it was like a late 2018 that me and another friend, uh, well, you, you know who I'm talking about, Kelly, you know, friend of the pod, Kelly. Uh, we decided that, um, you know, after it, we decided in late 2018, if Bernie Sanders uh, runs for president again, but ends up losing, uh, we're pretty much just going to uh, either take a break or just abandon entirely uh, electoral politics at the national level and focus on uh, local local efforts and local fights. Um, and so you, uh, so Ricky, you and Ross have been organizing with the Lansing tenants union. Uh, what other, uh, so I, I guess you guys talk about that more and, uh, what, what other kind of local fights we should be looking at getting into. I think, uh, looking at these only two options as local federal, or maybe also state is not the best way to look at sure. it. Right. We're not, I mean, there's function in that, right. Um, the, the tenants, the tenants union struggles going on right now are not local struggles. Um, most tenants unions operate on the building level or landlord level just to kind of, uh, achieve, um, demands day to day. Right. But right now what we're seeing is I'm talking to tenant unions in, um, like Torino, Italy, right. I'm talking to tenants unions in London, right. That's something other than a local struggle. Um, and I want people to really be imaginative when they think about that, right. What is there, what kind of struggles are there that are maybe that you can do outside of electoral politics, but aren't necessarily just local. People love to fetishize the local. Yeah. Um, Ross? yeah, yeah. Going off that, I feel like, yeah, just like if you're for someone who wants to 
you know, do something to help out now. Just think about like things that are just like crucial to your daily existence. Like that's where I talk about housing. It's like, you know, think about areas that are like really just critical to your day to day and people that, you know, and then find ways to, to organize in them. I think the tenants union is a really good example for, for housing, but I mean, organize your workplace. I mean, there, there's a lot of, yeah, there's all sorts of different areas that, that you can plug into. And there's a lot of things that are already existing that you can plug into. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, not just nonprofits. Yeah, and, and I'd say be wary of plugging into some political nonprofit that's like you know funded by a bunch of billionaires. Uh, that sounds like they're doing something nice. Um, you know. So you're not. So you're saying I shouldn't hit up Tom Steyer and ask yeah, how yeah, he get involved all, in next, yeah, next we gen. We should all uh, work for next gen. That's what I'm. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's actually. I'm glad Ricky brought that up because there's a lot of like really bullshit political advocacy groups that are just completely like you know su- will just suck the energy on the left if we like all Ross plug knows into, all about plug into those. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know I do. I have experience. Uh, so, yeah, so like I think yeah, union organizing or there there are like uh, like I, the example of a um or another organization I really would help encourage people to get involved with is Sunrise Movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing some really they do really great environmental work and like really ra- you know our uh, radicals are involved in that. Uh, their strategy is is really like to me the best strategy i've seen out of an environmental organization in a long time um so that's another example of something i would encourage everyone sometimes but and uh this, there's this whole group called dsa oh yeah uh that DSA? i would uh highly encourage uh, <laughs> the uh i haven't heard of it Ross. who are they <laughs> oh yeah sorry i have to yeah uh, please explain this the acronym Dem- <laughs> the democratic socialists of, of argentina yes of yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was shooting for that, but uh, you, you got there before me. Um, yeah, great organization. Um, but, like, I think that's an example of, like, talking about um, Bernie's effect. Uh, like, like, DSA would not be anywhere near where it is today without the 2016 Bernie campaign. I think that's, like, indisputable. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at the membership levels, I think it was mm-hmm. less than 10,000 prior to 2016. And now we're, I think last I checked, like, 60,000 or something like that. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, we're, we're, it's definitely increasing in numbers. And for people who are you know, don't want to work within the Democratic Party, uh, but want to be involved in an organization that, that actually can, like, that sometimes runs candidates and, you know, does, you know, works on different issues locally and at the state level. I mean, this is, to me, the best vehicle for this type of organizing. Um, when we talk about, you know, uh, not being, not having a lot of success organizing within the Democratic Party, I think the DSA could be what uh, a lot of people left label a party surrogate. So Mm -hmm. basically, you know, it retains independence from the Democratic Party uh, while still like working within it when it can. And if we continue to build this organization up and get serious like mass participation in it, um, you know, maybe long term we, we have a we have a socialist party in the United States. I don't know. Yeah. And um, and steer it right now. It's really important to be active with the DSA because a lot of people who are in DSA don't see the DSA beyond the Bernie. Um, I think taking a lot of leadership, taking the initiative to remind people, you know, what is next, what we could take, what we could have and using the DSA to kind of herd people, uh, not to be like a cult leader about it, but, um, the DSA is that is a, is a vessel in that way. Right. And it's going to need some direction. I want to amend my previous gloom and doom statement by (laughs) saying that um, I think that the success of the Bernie Sanders campaign will depend on who fills the leadership vacuum, because I think that what happens now is that all of the most radicalized people are going to just blame Bernie for not like being more they are doing radical that, yeah. or you know like yeah. uh or less or less it, like uh, identity politics yeah. i see that a lot like oh he just yeah. caved to identity politics yeah. not yeah. going and kicking joe biden in the testicles during right. the last right. debate uh, yeah. he, he didn't uh call there is just two of them up on that stage no crowd he had a clean shot <laughs> <laughs> he should have elbowed joe biden right in the face when he went in for that tap yeah just sucked him in his yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. It's really threw, threw everything off there, but I, I'm with you all. I'm one of those baby DSAers. I, I like so was radicalized by 16 and joined 
after the 16 election and uh, joined National. And so, like, I, I'm completely with you. Um, it was great to be, have an outlet after that election when the primary, when I was just, like, so pissed off. And obviously, the general did nothing to quell um, the the issues I've had, uh, the issues I was having. So it was great to have an outlet of like-minded people that I found around me after that. And I just wanted to say one positive thing is while, while I was here, I was just curious and I looked in the Bernie Slack channel for volunteers and people have not stopped working for the Bernie Sanders campaign since he dropped out of the race. It's been nonstop there's still, these are like Bernie victory captains, texters, callers. They are still telling people in states that he's on the ballot and they can vote for him and doing like the coronavirus outreach that the campaign has been doing for weeks anyway. And he announced that he dropped out yesterday. Like no one else has bought campaign. Here's how Bernie can still right win. Yeah, he's going to win New York, and then it, listen, come back in the race. Listen, y'all. He didn't cancel. Here is how Bernie can still win. If you all join a tenants union or a labor union or start one in your community, Bernie could still win. Right. It's like, you know, Bernie's just got this, like, yeah, Bernie's vision can come true long, you know, in the long term if, if we all put it, you know if we all strategize well and, yeah. and put in, put in the work, it's, you know, uh, it, it can happen. It really can. And it has to not be about Bernie fucking exactly. Sanders. Uh-huh. Like, I'm sorry. He's not in the race yeah. anymore. Should, he dropped it out. Should be. Okay. He's still on the he's fucking also, ballot. Can we, but it's, can we right now, the five of us collectively end any discussion of him running in 2024? <laughs> he is going to be 82 no, years old. That's not, that's, like, that's I've not already seen two people post it. about it. Yeah, like, it's, like it's seriously, not, posted I, by I do not know. <laughs> like, the, it, not, not joking, like a serious yeah, post. Uh, well, it felt. Yeah, yeah. Someone oh. literally, I saw them oh. say Joe Biden lost twice and ran again at 77, so Bernie can run in four years. And it's like, no, he can't. We got to move on. You know, no. The, th- no. The, the one thing that I think he had against him is that he isn't four years older. If he had just <laughs> yeah. been four years older. If he'd been 82 and had had another heart attack, then I think if he that would have brought if people back into the every breath was like a maraca. <laughs> if you were as incoherent as Biden. I mean, actually, that is the best argument I've heard for him running in four years, is that based on Biden and Trump, Americans love... Yeah sundowning yeah. um uh, right? aging people and so it, if bernie could get like a little like light like it, slur to his words ni- he'll be 99 little... when that happens speaking from jewish experience <laughs> that's true he is yeah and i don't know also no one takes i don't know if you guys have seen all of the clips of him no one takes the coronavirus more serious than bernie sanders <laughs> telling reporters to back the fuck up or <laughs> yes. move away from each other when they were interviewing him. Uh, America's yeah. grandpa is very concerned about mm-hmm. his and your health. Yeah. I've seen, uh, I've seen, a, I've seen a couple posts so far about, uh, AOC 2024. And I'm like, guys, come, let's just, let's just settle the fuck down for a second. Okay. A, yeah. Let's a, do Rashida Tlaib wins in 2020 well, first. That's, that's what like frustrates me though. Yeah. This is like what yeah, I get a little bit frustrated with as somebody who again like has that's what I do is electoral politics, but like the you know, just like the obsession with it that to like that's the only vehicle we have. You know, oh wait till twenty twenty four and then we'll try again. It's like no, no, we gotta do I shit. I can now. resolve like, all of this. It, it, I'm turning thirty five in twenty twenty three. As the resident elder who was not radicalized in 2016, oh, you don't say. We can just get this out of the way now. So, are you are you announcing <laughs> for 2024? Yeah, if, if we're alive in Hell four yeah. years, I will run for. I've, all, I've only known you for 45 minutes, but I'm all in. <laughs> yep. I endorse. Yep, that's a that's an official Addison endorsement. Uh, coveted, coveted in some very small circles. <laughs> Well, guys, uh, we got to wrap up here because we're out of time. I just want to say, um, I just want to say the fight is not over. Um, it's never going to be over. The Bernie campaign, the Bernie campaign may be dead, but the movement is not. 
So if you have swallowed that black pill, then I need you to go into the bathroom right now, lay down a towel, get in front of the toilet, shove those fingers down your throat and throw it back up because, because we've got a lot of work ahead of us. Okay. Yep. Just do as Joe Rogan says, just try DMT before you take the black pill. At least give it a shot. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, um, uh, just to remind everyone, uh, make sure you subscribe to our show. You can find us on Facebook at State of the Revolution. You can follow us on Twitter at SOTRpod. You can email us at uh, SOTRpod at gmail.com. If you like our show and you want to help support us financially, you can do so at patreon.com slash Michigan Progressive. Uh, smash that subscribe button and give us your fucking money. Um, I'm Benjamin Klon. I'm Matthias Brimmer. I'm Ricky Reynolds. I'm Ross Fisher. I'm Addison Hutchison. All right, we'll uh, we'll be back again soon. Make sure to wash your hands, stay inside, and stay safe, guys. Bye. Bye.